welcome to Season 2, Episode 2 of the Resilience Key Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today. My name is Steph Corbell, your host, and I'm a full-time tattoo artist and tattoo studio owner, among other things. And I love doing this podcast to help people see that they're more resilient than they realize and they're stronger than they know. In this season of The Resilience Key, we're exploring stories from the tattoo chair, from my amazing clients who inspire me each and every single day. You want some real life experience, guidance, and wisdom, you are in the right place. Everyone thinks that the biggest part of being a tattoo artist is creating art. And sure, while it's a huge part of what we do, honestly, the biggest thing, it is listening to clients. From listening to their ideas and helping them figure out what they want to get tattooed on them to hearing their stories and thoughts while they're in the tattoo chair. It's all about holding space. Anyone in a service industry like mine knows this. You give the client a good experience, you listen well, you respond appropriately, those clients are going to come back. Plus, I truly value listening to my clients. I encounter people that I never would otherwise, and I get to hear about so many different walks of life through my job. It's truly eye-opening and inspirational most of the time. However, being a bit of a professional listener, it can also be emotionally exhausting. During my apprentice days many years ago, I remember my own mentor warning me about how draining this can be psychologically. He told me there are a lot of lonely people out there in the world, and sometimes when you tattoo someone, you're the first person that may have touched that client with any degree of care in years. That to me at the time was shocking, but now that I have more than 16 years of my own stories, I know how wise my mentor was with his words and how absolutely correct he was. I've experienced this phenomenon time and time again. He not only cautioned me, but he encouraged me to develop healthy boundaries with my clients and to do my best to not take it all home with me when I leave the studio. Here's something I have learned through the experience of tattooing and professionally listening. We all need someone to hear us and validate our experiences. This is a universal human thing. But more importantly, when hard things happen to us, we need to get it out in some way, shape, or form. We need to process it. We need to vent. And if we don't have a healthy outlet, the repercussions of that very bad thing that's happened to us is usually going to come out in a very unhealthy way. Anxiety, depression, self-harm, addiction... Those are all byproducts that can be caused from internalizing trauma that we've avoided looking at, processing, or even admitting that it's happened to us. Lines can get really blurred when you're a tattoo artist. Your clients should feel comfortable with you as they're in a vulnerable position when you're working with them. Putting a permanent marking on someone's body and effectively transforming their outward appearance for the rest of their life, it's kind of a big deal. You want your client to trust you and you want them to feel at ease in the chair. However, when you treat a client with professional care, sometimes that gets interpreted as friendship right off the bat. And while I'm not opposed to being friends with clients, for me, real friendship, it takes years to develop. Clients do end up feeling like they know you, for sure, even if you're like me and you don't really share much that's terribly personal. And that's where things get challenging as a professional listener and artist. Now, a few years ago, I participated in an international event that helped to raise money for rape crisis centers around the world. Artists would provide designs for a special day of tattooing and then donate 100% of those proceeds to a local rape crisis center. I did that event for three years at my shop. And given the sensitive nature of the cause, each year I had plenty of expectations that clients would probably have stories that they would share during their time in my chair. But one year I was completely unprepared for one particular client. 
And please note here that I've changed details to protect her identity. She was this lovely woman that I had tattooed several times in the past, and it was the end of the day, and no one else was around besides her and myself at that point. And as I'm tattooing her, she suddenly breaks down into these crazy racking sobs. I had to stop what I was doing, grab some Kleenex, and immediately offer comfort. She started to calm down after a bit and then confided in me an incident of severe trauma from her own past. And obviously, again, I'm not going into details, but I will only say that it was horrible and my heart ached for her. I gave her a hug and then she said this, you are the only person I've ever told this to. I was like, what? She had a ton of family. I knew she was close with them and still she'd never told anyone ever. Given the amount of recovery work that I've done on myself, I knew that the only reason she had likely told me is that I'm one, a very safe person and two, I'm pretty anonymous. What are the stakes of telling me in the tattoo confessional chair? Again, I'm telling the story anonymously even now and changing details, plus leaving out most of the information. But yeah, let me tell you, it was this heavy burden that she had carried literally for decades not telling anyone. Who knows how that pain came out in her daily life? But in my chair, all of a sudden, she decided to just let it out. How many of us have stories like that? Traumas that we'd prefer to keep burying. We all do to greater and lesser degrees. But what happens if we don't get it out? It's going to come out at some point, I guarantee you, speaking from my experience as a professional listener once again, and when it does come out, it's probably not going to be in a good way. If we don't deal with a deep emotional wound, it's going to fester and make us sick, just like any physical wound will. So speaking as someone who's definitely not a psychologist, but as someone who listens a lot, here are some suggestions for you to try. One, when it comes to what you've experienced, research and get some perspective. Is what you've experienced this thing you can't let go of, something in the realm of normal, or is this something that's beyond the beyond? So often, especially with dysfunctional family dynamics, things that are abusive can become normalized simply because it's familiar to you. If you're experiencing something that feels off, well, chances are it is off. Maybe chat with a friend and ask them for their experience with this situation or get some advice. You can speak generally or maybe even anonymously. Get a book on the subject. Check out some online forums for folks going through the same thing. Get educated and figure out where things lie on some sort of spectrum. Two, process your emotions with others. Find a trusted person to talk to and set aside a designated time where it's agreed upon by all that you can just open up. We all need to let it out. We really do. But we need to do this in a safe and appropriate moment. I think back to that client of mine. What if she had been with a different artist who had been less sensitive to her in that moment? How damaging would that have been for her? Now, for me, I didn't try to fix the situation. I just listened and offered some simple comfort. But not everyone is capable of doing that in your social circle. So many people are going to jump in right away with advice and fixes instead of just letting you talk. You need people around you who can hold space for you, not tell you what to do. Now, one thing to avoid here, a very common pitfall, is endless trauma dumping on others. I believe in having an agreement with a close friend or relative, and I can talk to you and you're going to listen and not try to fix it kind of thing. I don't believe in venting to random people that you don't know. I mean, you don't know if they're safe. And I don't believe in venting the same stuff to the same friends over and over again like a broken record if you're not taking the time to try and help yourself. That's exhausting for the person on the receiving end, let me tell you. That is often how I feel at the end of the day when I've had a client that I don't know well personally spend three to four hours complaining in the chair about everything that's going wrong in their lives. So you need to find a trusted person and set aside a time.
if you don't have a trusted person or if this issue is so deep, so hard and so painful, I am telling you now, get yourself a therapist. I will admit I've had some clients in the past that I've nearly told I'm not taking their money anymore because they don't need tattoos. They need professional help. Again, I'm not a psychologist. I'm definitely not trained to help. I'm just trained to tattoo you. There's no substitute for real psychotherapy, and there should be zero shame in reaching out for that. I'll tell you what, though, it's hard to find a good therapist. It can be expensive and time intensive to find the right one. But you have to put in that effort, and I promise you, once you find the right fit, it's absolutely more than worth it. Three, find healthy ways of venting your emotions externally. This can look so different for everyone. Some people like to journal quietly, some like to meditate. For me, until a few years ago, I found silence to actually be triggering, so I used other methods. I will fully admit that distance running and ultra running became my therapy to clear my head and to just get it all out. There's nothing like a good 30 to 35 mile run to let it out. But these days, I will admit I'm a meditator now. I'm good with silence. But if it's a really tough emotion that's got me angry, I just go out into my home gym and I do what I call rage lifting, meaning I do a seriously heavy weight session. And man, it helps. I'm a very physically oriented person, so I like physical activities. But what works for you might be completely different. Maybe you clean the house or maybe you cook or maybe you just make yourself a nice cup of tea and close the windows and scream. I don't know. Whatever it is, you have to find what works for you and do it when you're feeling all the feels. Have strategies in place so that when things do happen, because guess what? It's life. Things are going to happen. And when they do happen, you're going to be prepared. I hope these strategies help you. Life is too damn short to hold all of your pain so close to your chest. Get it out. Find the right way. It can hurt to do so. But in the end, processing your emotional pain is absolutely needed to move on. Don't let yourself be held back by your past. If you like what you heard today and you found it helpful, go ahead, reach out. I would love to hear from you. All of my social media links are in the episode description, or you can head on over to my website at stephcorbell.com. That's C-O-R-B-E-L-L for more information. Thank you so much for listening. Be sure to subscribe, share, tag me, all that good stuff. I'll be back in two more weeks with another story from the tattoo chair. And remember, until then, you're more resilient than you realize, and you're stronger than you know. Thank you.